Hello and welcome to episode one of the Sales Genius Podcast. My name is Doug Davidoff. I'm the founder and CEO at Imagine Business Development, the creator of the Sales Genius Network, and the host of the Sales Genius Podcast. Let's get started. All right, welcome to episode one. You may be wondering, what's a sales genius? And I think it's important that we address that up front because I want to be clear. The Sales Genius Podcast, while it is absolutely going to be focused on customer acquisition, is not only focused on customer acquisition. When we talk about sales or sales genius, I want you to think a little bit bigger than just the sales process or the salesperson. What does it mean to be a sales genius? Well, a sales genius is somebody who's committed to a learning and sharing mindset. They're focused in the area of customer acquisition or customer success. They enjoy being challenged and they have what we like to call it, imagine, a rookie mindset. They're always learning. And so what the Sales Genius Podcast is going to be about is sharing very specific strategies, approaches, stories, and resources to help you do what you do better. We want to make customer acquisition and customer success more effortless for you. Now, make no mistake, it takes a lot of work to make something effortless, and our goal here is going to be to help make that process easier for you. We're going to separate myths from reality. We're going to share the truth about what works and what doesn't work. And we're going to bring actionable ideas to you in every single podcast. Now, the podcast is one piece of the overall puzzle. We also have the Sales Genius Network, which is a membership-driven area of our website, You can go to the salesgeniusnetwork.com, join the network if you haven't already. That is where the show notes for this podcast will be housed. The show notes will not only give you a summary of what we talk about on the podcast, but will also provide any additional resources, visuals, and or worksheets associated with the topic of the podcast so that you can take the ideas that we share here and apply them to your business right away. There's also the Sales Genius Network Facebook group, which is an opportunity to interact with other sales geniuses, to share your experiences, to ask questions, to share resources, challenge each other, and for us all to work together to become better at what we do. That's what the Sales Genius Podcast is all about. Now let's get into the focus of today's podcast. Today's topic is role players. And it's important whether you're in marketing, demand generation, sales, or customer success to understand the roles that different people play in the buying process and in the ongoing customer experience process. You see, one of the biggest mistakes that I've seen made by marketers, salespeople, account managers, and service reps alike is we have a tendency to talk the same to everybody. Uh, it, It leads us to taking a lowest common denominator approach to working with our customers, presenting our ideas, and 
managing the overall process. So, so when you think about the business that you're working with and you think about the people that are involved, what you're going to find is you're going to find that there are four key roles that are played. Those roles are the results owner, the financial owner, the operations owner or the integrator, and the process owner. Those are the four roles directly involved in making decisions and moving initiatives forward. Now, there are two additional roles that influence decisions and also the ultimate experience, satisfaction, and loyalty that comes after a purchase is made. And that's the user and the impacted. Now, in today's world of consensus-driven decision-making and risk aversion in most businesses, regardless of the size of company you're working with, there's almost always more than one role player involved. Now, a couple of rules about role players before I get into the definitions and descriptions of role players. They are more than one person can fill one role and one person can fill more than one role. Now, it's rare when both take place. When you're selling to larger companies, you typically have different people in each role, and you may have multiple people in various roles. In smaller companies, you have people who play more than one role. Now, it's important that you're clear on which role you're communicating with so that you can speak the right language to them. And yeah, that's what I mean. I mean the right language. These different roles speak different languages. They think different thoughts. And what's interesting is even if you're talking to somebody who's playing more than one role, the role that they're playing will drive how they perceive whatever stimulus they're being exposed to. So let's define the roles and then talk about the implications. The results owner is the person or people, and usually person, that owns the business result. They own the outcome of whatever it is that you're going to be involved in, whatever it is that you're going to impact. That's important to understand. They own the business result, not the process result. The results owner is typically the person we think of as the executive buyer. They're, they're focused on gaining advantages. They're looking at strategic issues. They're trying to find leverage. They're moving the organization forward. Remember, the key thing they're looking for is what's the advantage that they can get to move forward faster. Now, contrast that with the process owner. The process owner owns the process. They're typically the person or people closest to overseeing the issues that you're going to address. Their focus is on making things work. Now, when I say making things work, their job is to make the process work as best the process can work. That doesn't mean that they're focused on making the process work to create better results. That often requires a change in the process. And the process owner is very rarely thinking change in the process unless some external force or some external influence has created the requirement that a change in process is necessary to achieve a better result. Now, now this is where the biggest mistake gets made in sales and marketing. We tend to talk to process owners 
like their results owners. It is the number one reason that we're getting commoditized. It's the number one reason that our value proposition isn't being valued the way it should be. Now, now if you think about it, the results owner ultimately is thinking most about what I like to call the specs of a solution. And the process owner is looking for ease or price or meeting the criteria that have been set. Now, ultimately, you got to be able to influence both. The danger is when you talk results to a process owner, at best you're communicating to them intellectually, and oftentimes you're scaring the you-know-what about them. You know, Think about it. The devil they know is better than the devil they don't know. And no matter how inefficient or ineffective the process is, if you come to them talking about increasing the expected results, they're oftentimes going to look at that from a, from a perspective of fear. What you want to do with a process owner is show them where the process is dragging on things. The process owner is focused on optimizing the status quo, not making big changes. So if big changes involved, you have to involve the results owner. Now, there are a couple of challenges that you have to deal with when working with the results owner. The first thing is that the results owner may not be even directly related to the process, so they may not understand that the process is part of the problem. The other thing you got to be careful about is if you go in talking process to a results owner, you're not going to be relevant. It's not going to resonate. What you need to do with a results owner is identify or help them identify where is there a lack, where is there a gap in the results or outcomes that they own, that they're responsible for, and then help them understand what's causing that lack. One of the greatest opportunities in demand generation or sales is getting a results owner to realize that they may be treating a symptom, but not treating the cause. So... You know, maybe you sell sales training, right? And if you sell sales training, it's very possible that your results owner is looking at sales technology as a way to increase productivity of their sales reps. But in reality, it's the sales process that's the problem and the sales skills that are the problem, and they're taking the wrong approach. So you've got to connect the outcome to the cause that you impact. Maybe you sell HR information systems. And... Your, your customer's looking at compensation programs as a way to drive better motivation and better alignment. In reality, the cause of that lack of perceived lack of motivation, the result caused by the lack of motivation, may be better addressed by whatever it is that you're doing. You see, it's the results owner that can create change. And, and virtually all demand is created by or initiated by a results owner or someone very, very close to the results owner. It's not at all unusual that the results owner is done with the process by the time it gets down to the process owners to select who the solution provider is going to be. And so if you're not involved early in the process, sometimes even before there's an opportunity, then well, by the time it gets to the person managing the sale, the person that, that you as a salesperson or a sales organization gets to talk to, you're in a much weaker position. Right? So first and foremost, be really clear on who the results owner is and who's the process owner. And make sure you're talking results to the results owner and process to the process owner. 
Now, especially in larger sales or larger organizations, the other two primary roles come into play, the financial owner and the operations owner or the integrator. Now, the financial owner is the person or people who own the budget. They own resource allocation. Now, now sometimes the financial owner and the results owner are the same. Oftentimes, they're not. The financial owner is responsible for allocating dollars to initiatives, making cuts, and ultimately making sure that the financial pie fits. You see, the financial owner is far more worried about the return of their money than they are worried about the return on their money. You see, as soon as someone allocates resources to you, and that's money as well as time and attention, as soon as they allocate those resources to you or to your solution, those are resources that they can't allocate somewhere else. And so you may have won over the results owner. The process owner may love you, but the financial owner needs to understand where you fit in the overall organizational structure. Because almost assuredly, if what you're selling matters, saying yes to you means saying no to somebody else in their organization. And that financial owner is going to have to answer for it. And so the results owner wants an advantage, the process owner wants ease, and the financial owner wants safety. They want to know how is this going to impact everything so that they can keep the cost structure where it needs to be. The fourth primary player is the operations owner or the integrator. This is often the, the person or people that work one step outside of the process owner or the functional area that you impact. You see, the integrator or the operations owner is responsible for connecting the strategies and tactics and ensuring that all of the tactical issues you address positively impact the larger operation as well. You see, if you change how someone manages their operation, it's going to impact how they sell. It's going to impact human resources. It's going to impact their overall structure and organization and the initiatives that they're engaged in. And it's the integrator's responsibility to make sure all of these things run well together. And if you've ever studied financial strategy, you'll learn that there's this nasty little thing called volatility. And over time... A lower return investment that has less volatility will generate more of a wealth effect than a high return investment with greater volatility. The integrator, the operations owner, is focused on consistency. They're focused on minimizing disruption. And so you come in, you're talking about the greatest thing since sliced bread. The results owner is excited. We're going to capture a strategic advantage, vault in front of our competition. And the integrator's going, oh my God, the last time that came up, we almost went bankrupt. And the financial owner is trying to figure out how they're going to make everybody else happy to meet the overall organizational expectations. Now you know why they call this complex sales. You're dealing with four distinctly different roles, four distinctly different languages where positive for one means negative for another, your job as a salesperson, as a demand generator, as a marketer, as a growth executive, as a success manager, 
is to translate that that language to get everybody on the same page and to position your solution as the one that creates wins for everybody. Now, the other two roles to be aware of are the user and the impacted. The user, they're the ones that are going to have to use your products or services. They're the ones who are going to be often implementing your solution. Their focus is on ease. Now, now don't get me wrong. The process owner, the user, it's not that they don't care about results. It's just results aren't the world that they live in. The whirlwind, the day-to-day dominates so much of their thinking, they can't even really think about results. You've got to be able to show users how you're going to make their life easier, how you're going to make their life simpler, how you're going to reduce disruption for them. And the last secondary role is what we call the impacted. This is the level that's indirectly impacted by you. Now, it's important. You can think of them as the internal customer of your products or services, the internal customer of your, of your solution. How are the people within the company that you're talking to going to be impacted by your solution? Now, now realize that impacted could very often be one of the ways that their initiative gets a no or a not now because the financial owner is going to allocate resources to your solution rather than to the solution that they're advocating for. So when you're building your business case, you want to make sure that you're speaking very clearly to those six different languages and you're showing them how your solution, your approach creates wins for everyone. And to do that, you've got to make sure they understand the cause, the consequences, And you've got to connect the dots for them. So those are the six role players. When you're filling out the lineup card for your prospect, be sure you're identifying who is the results owner, who's the financial owner, who's the operations owner or integrator, the process owner, the user or users, and the impacted. Do that. Build your business case. Build your proposals. Build your value propositions with that in mind, and you'll see your ideas get accepted much faster and much easier. That's all for episode one. Don't forget, join the Sales Genius Network at thesalesgeniusnetwork.com. Join the Facebook group, the Sales Genius Network Facebook group. And if you have any questions or you want us to address any topic, let us know through one of those two mechanisms And that'll be a focus of a future Sales Genius podcast. Until next time, go out and be a sales genius.